Welcome to the 82nd episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast, brought to you by Residence Inn by Marriott, your journey to an unforgettable stay at their hotel in Ocean City, Maryland, located at 300 Seabay Lane, call 410-723-2222, or find them on the web at residenceinnoc.com. My guest today is Dr. Samos Al Mays. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. How's everything going? I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to have you on to share your journey. Journey, you have a unique story. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about this, and hey, just ready to get this thing going. All right. Well, let me tell my listeners a little bit about you before we get started. Okay. Dr. Samosa Mays is the director of Parks and Recreation in Bryan County, Richmond Hill, Georgia. He also has been a keynote speaker as well as an adjunct professor at Georgia Southern University. He's also the MRLA founder, the Minority Recreation Leadership Academy, to help minorities raise their career in parts and recreation, learn how to be leaders and how to make a difference. He is an experienced recreation director with a demonstrated history in higher education and industry, a strong community and social service professional with a Bachelor of Science focusing on part recreation and leisure studies from Georgia Southern University and a master's focusing on sports management and a doctorate focusing on sports management from North Central University. He's also a CYSA, a certified youth sports administrator with the National Alliance for Youth Sports and a CPRP certified parks and recreation professional with the National Recreation and Parks Association. You have had an impressive career so far. Congratulations. Hey, thank you so much. When I, when I hear all those things, man, it, it, I really, I've come a long way. And a lot of great people helped me get there. Well, I tell you what, I'm sure uh, there's a lot that I missed because you have had a fantastic career and continue to do so. Yes, yes, yes. yes. It, it started slowly, but it picked up quickly. There you go. Tell my listeners a little bit about your upbringing, maybe where you grew up and, and if you played any sports before high school. Yes, sir. I was born and raised in Statesboro, Georgia. And, uh, you know, whatever season it was, that's the sport I played when I was coming up. You know, football, you know, basketball, baseball. I was a track and field athlete. And, you know, I, I, I looked at a lot of television and I tried to emulate a lot of people on television. And, you know, whatever season <laughs> it was, that was the sport I played. And when, when, it was, when it was baseball, I wanted to be Daryl Strawberry when it was – you know, football, I wanted to be Rocket Ismail and <laughs> basketball. Everybody wanted to be Michael George. So, you know, that, that's. Oh, what yeah. The kid. Yeah. Um, what, what high school did you attend? I went to Statesboro High School. Statesboro High School. Did you play any sports at that school? I did. I, I started out, you know, playing football and I had a knee injury in ninth grade and it, it really set me back. And once I rehabbed that knee, I came back and I, I went up for track and became an all-state hurdler and relay anchor and actually broke the 300-meter school record for Statesboro High. stood for 16 years. Oh, man, all-state and track and field. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, was there one or two people that encouraged you to play sports? Yes, my father, you know, Henry Mays. You know, he played minor league baseball in, in the Cardinals organization. And also my, my mother, Elvira Mays. You know, she was one of those parents that 
supported me and followed me and was the, the loudest person in the stand. So it was <laughs> and the thing about it was they never forced me to do anything. Whatever I wanted to do, they were very supportive. But, uh, you know, so early on, I had parents who were very active in, in, into sports, but never pressured me to do it, but were so supportive of me. Yeah. Well, isn't that something, boy? I tell you, you can be playing sports and you can still hear that one voice from your mother. Always hear it. Run, baby. Run, baby. That's what she <laughs> always said when I was when I was jumping those hurdles. <laughs> so after high school, you decided, was it right after high school that you decided to attend uh, Georgia Southern? Yeah, well, actually, um, you know, when I came out of high school, I had a scholarship to Savannah State uh, running the hurdles. Oh, uh, that's, and I went there for a year and, uh, you know, went to Savannah State for a year, but then I made a drastic mistake. And my mistake was transferring back to, to Georgia Southern in my hometown. And that's when my story kind of, you know, takes a left turn on it because I came back and, and being at home. And that's when I ended up, you know, kind of getting into some things that, you know, to kind of steer me away from education and, you know, took me off course. So you went to was it Savannah State? Yeah, I went to Savannah State on a, on a track scholarship for it. was there for one year. And then, like I said, you know, I just kind of lost my focus and just wanted to got a little homesick and ended up transferring back to Georgia Southern. So at Savannah State, was, was Savannah State maybe your first choice? Um, or were you considering other colleges before you made that decision? I know Morehouse was looking at me to run and uh and savannah state was the one I, I went there because i had a teammate who was already there and another classmate who went to play tennis so i thought you know just following them and you know having some people that was from statesboro as well so you know that was that was the reason why i actually chose uh, savannah state over morehouse so when you got back to georgia southern did did you participate in any sports i didn't i became you know a full-time student and uh you know just going to class every day and, and, and at that time i was majoring in, in education you know, thought I wanted to be a you know PE teacher, and uh, like I said, when I got deep into that program, you know, I just really just lost my focus, and you know, that's my story. Like I said, it kind of takes a left turn during that time. You know? Well, you just have had an incredible journey and uh, a drive because you actually were a two-time college drop dropout. How did you regain your focus and continue to push ahead? You know, I, when I came back to Georgia Southern, you know, I. Lost my focus and I dropped out. And then, you know, my, my father encouraged me to go back and I went back, but I, I went back for all the wrong reasons, you know, dropping out again. But uh, but there's a person that actually saved my life during that time was Cassius Osborne, who was my track coach and was a wide receiver at the University of Georgia. You know, he heard about me dropping out that second time and he saved my life because he actually hired me at Portal High School as a certified lay coach. And I was helping out with track and field and football and girls softball and basketball. And, you know, so even though I was struggling, you know, being a dropout, I actually, you know, got that lay coach position and it really kept me focused and it really kept me on, on a track to get back. So um, when you dropped out, was it like nine years, you know, doing different jobs? Uh, like you say, you were a coach and other yeah, things was, uh, before you went back to college? Yeah, I was a coach. I was a para pro. You know, I worked at the Boys and Girls Club of Bullock County. You know, I worked in maintenance. You know, I worked at the Joseph's Home for Boys. You know, I, I even started a, you know, a nonprofit track and field organization. It was called Sprint South, you know. And that's when I was, you know, helping get kids scholarships to run track and field and, you know, off-season conditioning programs. So it was, it was nine years of trying to find myself. 
but it was nine years of me really, really empowering you and helping people. It, it was individuals that I would help get scholarships and they would come back and thank me for helping them get to school. <laughs> and I didn't have any education at all. And I was like, man, I'm helping all these people. When am I going to help myself? You know? Well, I tell you what, that was a blessing right there that got you going. Um, yes, uh, when you finally received your, um, oh, when did you re finally receive your bachelor's degree uh, focusing on parks and recreation and leisure studies? Was that your major at, at, at uh, Savannah State? In, in Savannah State, my major, it actually, I didn't make it into a major because I was only there for a year. Oh, okay. So when I came back to Georgia Southern, my major at that time, I chose to be education. So when I quit two full-time jobs in 2009, I said, I've had enough of people telling me that, you know, you, you got, you've got the experience, but you don't have the education. I quit wow. two full-time jobs <laughs> in uh, 2009. And I said, when I get done with this, nobody's ever going to tell me anything about not having a degree. You know, wow. <laughs> when I went back in 2009, um, when I went back, I said to myself, okay, I'm back. I've done a lot of things to get back in school. I'm, I'm back now. What do I need to major in? And then I started thinking back. I started thinking back to my senior year of high school when the school newspaper did a feature on me for track and field. And they asked me in 1995, they asked me, they said, Samos, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to major in parks and recreation and I want to be a recreation director. Wow. I had said that in 1995, and I lost my focus. I said that already, right? <laughs> so in 2009, I said, let me go over here and get into this rec major, and let me do this, man. 2009, I think I had 22 courses to, before I achieved my, my, my bachelor's, and I think I had 21 A's, you know? Oh, and in 2011, I got my, my bachelor's. I quickly got into a master's program, and Knocked that out in about a year and a half. And when I got to the doctoral program, I knocked that out in two and a half years. And, uh, and, uh, and I said, no one's ever going to tell me that, that I can't do anything because I don't have the education. I'm, I'm, I went back and got all the degrees I could get. <laughs> when, you, when you received your uh, doctorate um, degree, uh, were you also working? Yes, I was. I, re I remember that night. The, the night um, I got my doctorate. December 16, December, yeah, December 16, 2016. And I remember um, I had to go in front of the Board of Commissioners because they were suggesting that I become director over the whole county. At the time, I was a director at South Bryan, but they were, you know, putting in a call for me to be director over the entire county, over two agencies. And I remember that night when the commissioners unanimously approved it. They had to introduce me as Dr. May because I had just completed my doctorate. And, and nobody knew that I was working on my doctorate, but they, but they had to <laughs> introduce me as Dr. Samos Mays that night. I'll never forget that. What a grand opening there. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, now I, I've never heard of someone uh, actually overseeing two recreation departments um, uh, before, but you also accepted a position back at Georgia Southern University. Yes, I did. I, my life, you know, came full circle because the university that I dropped out of twice in 2017, those same professors that helped me through that program from 2009 to 2011 hired me as an adjunct professor teaching recreation management. So I dropped out twice and ended up becoming a professor there. Uh, but you know, your career was starting to get busy. How did you manage both both positions? Well, it's like this. Um, when I took the 
became director of both agencies. I think that was a great thing because even though those agencies, they're like, you know, 25 miles apart, different classifications, you know, different, you know, different staffs. I was able to go to both of those agencies and give each agency the attention they needed, you know, the consistency that they needed. And being a professor now at Georgia Southern, I created an internship program and I started helping students get interns around the state of Georgia and also bring them to the agencies that I managed, right? So yeah. it all worked out because I was doing, I was empowering people and helping people every step of the way, everywhere I went. That's amazing. But tell me about some of your duties that you had. Uh, I mean, you know, at, the, at, at Georgia Southern, how did you manage that your first first year? Oh, the first year, you know, it was crazy because I hadn't really ever really even been an educator. You know, I, like I said, I was a parapro, but I never really, you know, stood in front of a class and taught. And now all of a sudden, here I am standing in front of classes of 40 and 50 students teaching all of a sudden. You know? <laughs> I was like, man, this is really cool. But man, I actually got to do this now. Right. Okay. But the thing was, I was so relatable to the students because of my story and everything I had been through that I motivated so many people and my delivery style was so different, you know, than the average professor that they really responded to it, you know, in, in, in some of the conversations. But the thing was, I was a professor who was actually doing the things that I was talking about, right? At so the same I, time, yeah. Right, so I could apply, you know, capital, you know, improvements, you know, and, and maintenance, you know, specifications and, you know, programming, you know, athletics, you know, special needs programs, you know, pickleball, all these things that, that, that they taught about, I was actually doing. So I had, a, a you know, an experience of being able to deliver things that I was actually doing. And the students understood that and they embraced that. They were like, Dr. Mays, you're really doing this. We really respect what you're saying because we know that you're, you're seeing these things. You're doing these things every day. So that was what, what made me different, made me relatable to the students. I think I'm going to call you Dr. Mays from now. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, you uh, you you're still working at Georgia Southern University, and uh, I understand you're putting together a relatively new uh, curriculum for a program. Yes, I just um, got accepted a position, you know, teaching a graduate course now in sport management, and they are allowing me to create my own curriculum. And the course, I was able to, even able to name the course, and I'm calling it Leadership and Sport Management, but it's based around everything that we do as recreational professionals my own curriculum, my own course at the same university that I dropped out of twice. Unbelievable. Wow. Now, now, are you saying that you, you, you're teaching the, um, you, you have two courses that you're going to be teaching? One's a graduate, this, one's an undergraduate? Yeah, this is, well, it was one course. This is a new course. I'm, I'm not teaching in the, in the, in, in the recreational realm anymore. Now I'm in the sports management department now. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, this is a graduate level course um, that I'll be teaching. It's still just one course that I'll be teaching, but it'll be just in the sport management, the leadership and sport management course. Yes. Very nice. Um, I know that being a director of parks and recreation, you have to wear many different hats, correct? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure you've been through it your whole career now. Well, well, well yes. And I mean, it, it's something that, that I accept because I'm the type of director. And, you know, and just to talk about it briefly, you know, I only worked in Parks and Rec a year before I became a director. And I didn't realize that it happened. It doesn't happen that fast. Right. right. It doesn't happen that fast at all. No so way. I come from, Right. So I come from being a person, the first one to come to work, the last person to leave. You know, if my staff needs something, I tell my staff all the time, 
at six o'clock, I don't care what your title is, at six o'clock, we all got to come together and get the job done. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about our titles, you know, during the day when, when these parents get here and these, and these children get here and these coaches get here, we're going to help each other. We're going to have each other's back. So I love wearing many hats because it's nothing for me to, to come in and, you know, spend part of the night at South Bryan and watch a football game and then drive 30 miles and watch the 730 game at Hendricks Park, you know. So wearing many hats, I, 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 I accept that. I embrace that because I want everyone to be dynamic and us to be the, the best agency that we can be. I tell you, um, I, I'm not sure you feel this way, but I, I, I always did throughout my career that when I went to work, it didn't feel like work. But I know that I knew that I was helping people, and, and that's what motivated me. Hey, I, I, I call it servant leadership is what I call it, because I feel like we're here to, to, to serve and we're here for communities and we're here to make everyone better. We're also here to allow our staffs you know, to do things that, that we want them to do to improve the community. Do you ever bring both North and South uh, employees together or anything? All the time. Uh, it's ironic you ask that. We're, we're hosting uh, state football at, uh, at, at North Bryan this weekend, and we got uh, both, both staffs are going to be there. We're hosting uh, two semifinal games in the actual state championship in, uh, in, in Class C-10U, and all, all of our staff are, are going to be there. And we hosted two weeks ago, we hosted state volleyball at, at, at South Bryan, and we had uh, both staffs there. So we, we, we always come together to make Bryan County better. Oh, all right. Congratulations. Sure, thank you. Uh, tell my listeners a little bit about the uh, Minority Recreation Leadership Academy that you, you started. Well, listen, when all these things, great things started happening for me rather quickly and I, I saw my life started changing, people started reaching out to me from all over the country saying, hey, we heard your story. You know, we, we see things about you on the Internet. You know, you know, as a minority, how did you become a director? You know, how did you how did you become a national speaker? You know, how are you doing these things? And I said, you know what? Now I have an obligation to help people, to empower people. So I started the MRLA, Minority Recreational Leadership Academy, basically as a way to mentor the nation. You know, if people want questions about professional development, how to become a speaker, you know, how to get promotions, I'm here. And, it, and it's me. It's 100% me helping people. I, I helped a young man, you know, a week ago get a job in Denver, you know, by just mentoring him and telling him, you know, how to do his resume. And I, I got individuals that are that I mentor about, you know, they want to become speakers. And I'm telling them, if you're passionate about something, that's an educational session, you know. So I'm not really, you know, advertising people that I'm helping, but I'm helping so many people with that, with, with that, with that academy, because there's a lot of people that feel like, you know, they don't have an opportunity. People have given up on them. And I'm here to tell them that if, if somebody like me can do it, I know you can do it. So I'm creating a blueprint for people to better themselves. Oh man, I, I think this is very interesting. Where are some of the people, uh, uh, recreation um, departments that maybe reached out to you about this? Oh, it's from all over. Because if you think about it, you know, a lot of these, you know, uh, speaking engagements that I'm getting, you know, going to conferences all over the state, you know, and, and a lot of times when I go and I speak, you know, in Arizona, in Utah, you know, North Carolina you know, Michigan and Florida, I go up under, up under the guise of the MRL. That's who I represent when I go. So they know all about the organization because I'm speaking and I'm representing them when I go to these. I don't always, you know, go under for Bryan County. A lot of times I go for in the MRLA capacity. So all over the country, people have reached out and know what's going on with it. That's fantastic. 
Um, you've also been a coach. You, you mentioned earlier. Um, can you tell me how my listeners how coaching and sports has impacted your life? Oh, so much because, like I told you, you know, I really felt like I gave up on myself when I dropped out of college those two years, and when I got the coaching position, you know, in Portal back in two thousand and one, you know, I just I just poured myself into it because I was helping out. I was coaching track, I was coaching football, I was coaching basketball, and I love coaching so much. And I love just, you know, seeing kids win and, and seeing kids get better. That I started, you know, Sprint South, you know, my, the nonprofit AAU track and field organization. So coaching to me, you know, I love seeing athletes who people have given up on, not, not the superstars, but the athletes who, who come out and, and need the extra attention to see them win, to see them get better, to see them say, hey, mom, look what I did. Look how I improved. Look how I PR. That's what it's all about. So when I'm, when I'm coaching, you know, give, give me the kids that, that no one wants because they, because they aren't developed yet. Let me work with them and let me build them. You know, so coaching to me is almost like with my, with my staff. You know, I try to empower people to get better. Same thing with coaching, same thing as a manager. Dr. Mays, what, what effect do you think you might have had on, on some of your players? I mean, here's the thing. They come back to me all the time because now they're, you know, professors, some are lawyers, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some have even played professional sports. And they always come back and they always say, man, it was, it's always a time with it was something that you said with your motivational words, coach, and it's something that you did and it's the way you treated me when, when we went out of town we went on these trips and we were competing. And, and, and it really makes me feel good because they don't understand that the reason I went back to school and got an education is because of everything that I saw them do. So I motivated them to, to be great athletes, but they motivated me to go back and get the thing that I was trying to help them. Right. So they don't realize we motivated each other. <laughs> but what would you say you like most about coaching? Well, coaching, I think it's, you know, with me when it comes to coaching, like I said, it's, it's seeing a person come out that, that's not on anyone's radar, that's not a superstar, you know, that's coming out because they saw someone on television that they like or coming out because they want to be with their friends. But to right. see that person actually understand what sports means and how rewarding it is and to not only just to win, but just to, to get better. You know, I, I really like seeing individuals improve and get everything out of it that they want to get out of it. So that's what I think is most important to me is to see a person, see how enriching athletics can be and everything they can get from it, but also to see how you can apply that to life and to education. Well, you're the per perfect person to answer this question. I, I would say, what would you tell kids about following their dreams? I would tell them, listen, when, when you talk about following your dreams, you know, everything that I'm doing right now started as a dream, right? right? There was one point in time when I said, man, I want to be a recreation director. There was one point in time I said, well, I think I really want to be, want to, want to be a professor. Then there was a time when I said, man, I really want to travel the country, man, and be a keynote speaker and just motivate people and just show people, you know, how to be better. And now I'm, I'm all three, right? But <laughs> <laughs> all three at the same time, right? So if you, if you, if you can dream it, if you can dream it, it can come true. But one thing that, that, I, that, I, that I have to tell people, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. I've just met you, but I'm super proud of you. 
Hey, I just met you, man, and I'm proud of you and everything that you're doing. And I thank you for those kind words because it's it's, it's, those, it's those kind words that I'm probably going to turn into an educational session, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's those kind words man, that keep me motivated and let me know that I'm making a, a bigger difference, man, that's going to change a lot of lives across the country, right? Uh, I want to tell you that I'm a, I'm a proponent of good sportsmanship in, in youth sports and in all the sports, yeah. Be honest with you, and just as I was retiring, they named our Ocean City, Maryland's Rec uh, Recreational Parks Sportsmanship Program the Al Hondo Handy Sportsmanship Awards. Wow! So I'm really a, a, a proponent of that. But what role would you say good sports plays? In, uh, good sportsmanship plays in, in youth sports and, and adult sports. Well, I tell you what, when you talk about that, when I came to Bryan County, you know they they tasked me early on with what can we do about sportsmanship? What can we do to calm these parents down? What can we do, you know, to have these, these, these children understand how important sportsmanship is? And I said, hey, let's go ahead. Let's create a parent, coach, and a player code of conduct, right? Let's create that. Let's put this down. Let's draft this up. Let's implement this thing into the registration process so they know that when they come and they participate in sports in Bryan County, that we have a blueprint for behavior. We have a blueprint for sportsmanship, right? So we put these things out there, right? So when they come in, parents are like, you know what? I appreciate that. You know, I, I'm going to sign this because look, look at what they're saying. These things they're asking are things that, that, that we should already understand that are acceptable, but now we're seeing it, right? So that, that, that sportsmanship code of conduct that I created back in 2014, we still use it to this day, and it really minimizes the issues that we, that, that we once had. So sportsmanship is number one when it comes to anything regarding athletics that we, that we do here in Bryan County and the also the way that I conduct and carry myself as a director. Man, that's a perfect answer. I, now, this is a little off the cup, but do you have any hobbies? Do you even have time to have hobbies? <laughs> listen, Are you a uh, golfer? <laughs> I, I, I'm not. Listen, listen. I, I said that I was going to, you know, I, I bought a home a year ago, man, and we got a nice big pond, you know, close to the house and, you know, me, me and my sons, we fish a little bit. But, man, I, I got, you know, I got three sons and I got a, a, little, a little young daughter. Just watching my sons play sports right now is, is what I'm into. You know, my 12-year-old my, my son uh, made the middle school basketball team. Wow. You know, my, yeah, my, 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 my four-year-old, you know, he, he had about 25 goals in soccer this year. And, uh, <laughs> and my three-year-old, man, whatever he gives out there, he's going to end up being a little linebacker or something. You know, so, so it's just spending time with my wife and spending time with my kids, man. You know, because like I said, other than that, it's all about working. So just spending time with my family is my hobby. Just really enjoying my family. Oh man, that's that's, that's you know that's that's perfect. If you have time, make sure you spend some with your family. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you would like to add? Well, hey, listen. I just want to thank you, you know, for, for this opportunity. You know, because when I when I get these opportunities, it, it lets me know that I'm that I'm doing the right things and that that, that, that I'm you know that I'm you know being seen by the right people. Because, like I said, I feel like I have a message, and my message is never don't give up. You know, give, give life one more try. You know, just when you think it's over, it's that it's that one last try that can take you from a two-time college dropout to an educator a speaker, and a director. If you just get back up and give it one more try. Well, Dr. Mays, on that note, I think I bring our podcast to an end. 
And let me plug my sponsor here real quick. The 82nd episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast has been brought to you by Residence Inn by Marriott. Your journey to an unforgettable stay at their hotel in Ocean City, Maryland, located at 300 Seabay Lane. Call 410-723-2222 or find them on the web at residenceinoc.com. My guest today has been Dr. Samos Al Mays, Director of Parks and Recreation in Bryan County in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Remember, Dr. Mays, I always say, if you think you can, you can. Thank you. Stay safe and keep smiling.